If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes, indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. I um, I essentially just got bored one summer as a teenager and uh, went to the library and I don't know what I was looking for exactly, but I found um, the quilting section and uh, I've always been a creative person. So I uh, kind of latched onto that and got some fat quarters and went to town. So it was uh, just bored. <laughs> Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters' stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my long-arm quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. Here I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. If you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing at all to you, it's basically doodling on a quilt top with a 50-pound pencil with needle and thread attached, and at very high speeds, I might add. This week, some of the designs I've quilted are All Over Feathers, which is one of my personal favorites, and Hibiscus Flowers. If you're into freehand quilting and would like to see some of these designs, check out my Pinterest board with a gallery of photos. I'll put the link to that board in the show notes below. Meanwhile, it's about time for a coffee break and a visit with fellow quilt maker Rochelle Craig. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now back to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. If you've got a freshly pieced quilt, you're getting ready to take it to the long armor. Here's a tip for you. When you're preparing the backing, lots of times backings will have a seam in them. And I know I, as a long armor, prefer that backing seam to be pressed open. It lays more flat in the finished quilt. So if you're pressing that seam open, here's today's tip. Fold that backing to transport to your long armor anywhere but right at that seam. Can you imagine if you make the fold right at that seam, it's folding that seam allowance back closed again, and it's going to want to stay closed when your long armor is trying to load it on their machine. So instead, fold it to one side or the other, even just an inch will be plenty, just enough so that your freshly pressed open seam stays pressed. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan, where for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution. This helps me get a better microphone and enables me to keep bringing you these weekly episodes. Thank you so much for your support and maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. So today I have with me in my studio, Rochelle Craig. Rochelle's a former construction engineer turned designer pursuing her longtime dream of designing quilt patterns. 
While staying home in 2020, Rochelle turned to the online quilting community for support and inspiration during the pandemic and is very appreciative of the friends she's made along the way. Rochelle lives in rural Wisconsin with her husband, two cats, and a herd of cows. Oh, I have lots of questions about those. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rochelle, what brought you into the world of quilting? I um I essentially just got bored one summer as a teenager and um, went to the library and I don't know what I was looking for exactly, but I found um, the quilting section and uh, I've always been a creative person. So I, uh, I kind of latched onto that and got some fat quarters and went to town. So it was uh, just bored. <laughs> so then quilting is not so much in your background, not a thing your mother and your grandmother and your aunt were all doing, right? Just a thing that you picked up and dove into. Yeah, I, I knew my um, my grandparents, um, both my grandmother and my grandfather on my maternal side, they quilted, but it was never really a uh, a thing that they tried to get me into. Um, and then my mother sewed her own clothes growing up, but it was nothing that was really introduced to me as a child. I just uh, kind of found it on my own, and they were uh, all for me keeping at it, so... So you said that it's just in the, during the pandemic and sort of the the growth in the online community. Is that what led you to pattern designing or were you already in that? Um, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. So doing designs and, you know, drawings, that's, that's in my blood. I can't help but do that. So um, I've always wanted to do it on a non, um, you know, a large construction scale. I kind of wanted to do it in quilt scale at some point in time and really the pandemic kind of nudged me in that right direction and a couple online friends um saw one of my um my test blocks for something I was doing a color study and they said if you don't make this into a quilt pattern we will so they uh, they so hop to it (laughs) yeah was your first pattern cornerstone is that right and is that the one corner Corner. okay and and what was the inspiration behind that one that's really unique that was a um <laughs> that was inspired by a uh, I collect old antique tractor wrenches so it was uh inspired by an antique tractor wrench that I found in my uh in-laws basement <laughs> I do think that's the most unique pattern inspiration I've heard. You know, usually it's tile floor (laughs) or piece of art or, but no, antique tool. That's awesome. So maybe describe, if you can, for us a little bit of that cornered pattern. Cornered is a, um, it's a modern take on a, uh, the traditional log cabin quilt. It has um, two, um, I guess they call them quarter log cabins and then two, um, tunnel style log cabins and they're connected in a um, it's kind of like an infinity loop um, with a, a set of strips connecting the the log cabin pieces and it's uh it's really cool it's uh it's like an illusion it's it's really exciting when people see it. they're like wow I need to make that I don't I don't know what colors but I'm, I'm gonna make that so it's been my most popular seller they uh keep coming I'm I'm so excited I I can totally see why when I looked it up on your website. It's really, really eye-catching and very contemporary. And that's that's very in vogue right now. The very graphic, very um, just a strong statement quilts. And I love that. It's a a quick, uh, quick make too. So that I'm sure that helps too. (laughs) Always nice. Yeah. So where, where do you look for some of your color inspiration? I, um, I actually did a uh, YouTube video about this a few weeks ago. I look... Um, I, I really tend to choose my backings first. So I, I go 
towards the pretty floral prints and the, um, you know, bold, uh, bold backings. I don't mind using a bold backing, but on the front, I'm a solids kind of gal. So I literally just take from the selvage line and pull my colors from there for my quilts, whether I use that backing or not. It's a, I just like to pull from colors that are already together. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes things easier and stuff like, uh, paint chips and just fabric swatches and, uh, clothing magazines. It's, uh, just an easy place to get colors all in one place that already you already know they go together. True. That's true. It takes the guesswork out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like a couple of your designs have the kind of rich solids of what I think of as Pennsylvania Dutch quilts from Amish country, right? They, they have so many of the, those um, jewel kind of tones in their quilts. Do you see that influence too? Yeah, I um I grew up in Amish country or near Amish country, and I I just figured out recently where I get my my uh, my love of dark backgrounds with the the jewel tone colors. I it's from the Amish, and they're it's just a simply you know simple solids and um, simple colors and simple designs just make a huge impact when you put it on a black background. I just I can't get enough of it. So. That's a, it's always my go-to. <laughs> I completely agree. And from my point of view, because I'm a long-arm quilter, the quilting shows up fantastically on solids. So that's always a great sort of canvas to be quilting on. Exactly. So what kind of quilters do you write your patterns for? Are these things that beginners will want to consider? Do they need to have a little experience under their belt? What do you think? Uh, I write my patterns for quilters that not are that are not just starting out, but have you know, maybe two to three, um, depending on the difficulty, um, two to three quilts under their belts. I, uh, I don't go into, you know, testing your quarter inch seams or anything like that in my patterns. It's expected that you have a little bit of a background, but I like to make them accessible for uh, confident beginners and then for any, you know, experienced quilters who just really need a, a quick make and a, an easy quilt and don't really have to think about much of anything, just... I need to make a quilt and, you know, get their creative juices going. So it's exciting. I can certainly see the value in that. I make a lot of quilts and some of them are a little more complex. And after one of those, I always feel like it's almost like a palette cleanser to do a quilt yeah. that's just graphic, <laughs> but simple, you know, not too yeah. much complexity of thought involved. So yeah, I can see that. Creative fix, I call it. Truth. So you live on a, well, in rural Wisconsin. I don't know if you're actually on a farm. Yes. Um, we live next door to my husband's uh, about 170 year old family homestead. So I, uh, if, I, if it weren't for the hill, I could see the cows from my window here. <laughs> so, so how does quilting or does quilting provide your sort of artistic creative outlet? Like, is it an integral part of your life or is it just your job or how do you think of it? Um, it, it didn't used to be my job. It currently is my, uh, my occupation, my self-made occupation, but, uh, uh, I working in engineering for so many years after a long day, I had numbers in my head and, you know, straight lines and I had to draw the lines this distance apart and I had to draw this and coming home and just being able to put, you know, color and, you know, vibrancy and I can put the lines wherever I want to in a quilt and, just turning the the steel and concrete into you know fabric and thread, and getting those numbers out of my head. It uh, it's 
it's what well, yeah it's it's a palate a creative palate cleanser you know gets flushes out the stress and gets uh gets the good juices flowing you put that well i can really see that contrast between you know what your day job was and yeah. and this creative outlet now that's awesome so Tell me your favorite or your least part of quilting, sort of a roses and thorns game. What's the high and what's the low? I I love uh, quilting for myself. Um, I love picking out the colors. That's my favorite thing to do is making the palette and cutting out the pieces. There's so much uh, so much possibility there to to be had. Um, if I actually have a quilt design, I love it when people take my pattern and they make it themselves. Just seeing it out in the real world is just so satisfying and it just makes me grin from ear to ear then they put their own little twist on it and they email me about it that oh, I changed this but you know, I'm so happy with it I'm like you do whatever you need to do to change it as long as you you know it makes you happy I'm so glad <laughs> it's a so. starting place isn't it I tend to be I guess a rule follower so I sort of make patterns as published but I see people that do the most amazing things and just use a pattern as a springboard and off they go yeah, they're like, I added a border. I'm like, you add as many borders as you need. That's fine. <laughs> it makes it look, it's their own take on it. And that's uh, that's just so uh, so pleasing to me to to know that they enjoy it that much, to, to put their own little twist on it. So since choosing color palettes and fabrics is your favorite part, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, do you have any great tips for someone who's doing that? So you gave one earlier, which was to think about starting with your backing fabric and pull colors from that. Any other great places to start? That's often an intimidating thing, right, for a quilt maker. Uh, uh, yeah, it can be intimidating. I um, I like to start with a color wheel, too, um, if you're really intimidated buy colors and you need a, a quick and easy palette, um, just grab your color palette and choose our color wheel and choose three equally spaced colors and then add a neutral or two. So you can do, um, for example, yellow, blue, and red or a shade of those. So pink, light yellow, and light blue. And then you add a couple neutrals, a cream or a tan. And uh, there you got your own little self-made palette um, quick and easy and you do the same thing all the way around the wheel and uh, it's really uh, it's it's fail safe you you can't really go wrong with the with picking colors that way and I can kind of see that because if they are equidistant pretty much on the wheel you know they'll play well together and complement each other right exactly yep good to take the mystery out of it certainly yeah if you're um if you're looking for a design inspiration of your own um, I suggest, uh, looking at the little things in life, you know, one of my, uh, my cornered quilt was inspired by an antique tractor wrench that I found. Um, Iterate was inspired by me cutting a mango open for uh, a fruit salad. And uh, Matrikin was inspired by a tractor hood and a uh, uh, heirloom quilt with pad, plaid, uh, uh, plaid fabric on it. So it's just a addition of all the little things in life that come out to... Uh, a lot of uh, fun quilts in the end for me. So it's uh, it's just, uh, I, I can't, I don't have the big city to, to inspire me. I got to look at the little things, the blades of grass and uh, little patterns and details here and there that I can find for my inspiration. I love that. The little things do indeed matter. <laughs> so if people are looking for your patterns, I will put all your links um, in the post notes, but maybe give at least one or two places where they could find your patterns. And do you sell fabric kits for them or no? 
I do not. Um, I outsource my fabric kits to, um, it just depends on the pattern where I outsource them to, but uh, a few online um, small businesses is what I, uh, what I like to source my patterns or my kits out to for my patterns. Um, I can be found pretty much every day on Instagram at Rochelle underscore handmade and or on my website, RochelleHandmade.com. I also have a private Facebook group with uh, just uh, just my stuff and people making my patterns on there. Um, and then on my website, there's a link to my Etsy store where you can purchase all of my patterns, digital and some printed. Fantastic. Well, that's where you can go, folks, to find Rochelle's patterns. And I encourage you to check them out. They are very, very graphic. And, of course, I'm, I'm looking at Rochelle on the screen, and I'm seeing behind her her cornered um, quilt made up. And I'm all admiration. That was the first one of her designs that I saw. And it is really beautiful. And it really is an optical illusion. I love it. So... Thank you so much for joining us today, Rochelle. I'm happy to hear your story and to hear that quilting is thriving in Wisconsin. Thank you. Have a good one. And thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the podcast app of your choice. It really helps other listeners to find the show so they can hear these stories too. For information on classes I offer or quilting services, please see my website, stitchedbysusan.com. If you're a long-arm quilter and looking for freehand tips, take advantage of the live and unscripted episodes on my Facebook page, Stitched by Susan. Replays are also available on my YouTube channel, also Stitched by Susan. And if pictures are your preference, check out my Pinterest galleries of edge-to-edge and custom quilting projects. All these direct links can be found in the show notes below. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.